Hey guys, welcome back to um, Chaos Movie Podcast with uh, Chris. I am going to talk about a movie that um, I didn't forget about. It's been four years, came out in 2016. It's a Ben Affleck movie uh, called The Accountant. And uh, it's directed by Gavin O'Connor. He also directed um, only a few, or maybe produced a few more, but um, he directed The Way Back most recently, which is another Ben Affleck uh, casted movie, basketball movie. Uh, wasn't a massive fan of that, but that's for another day. Uh, previously directed movies uh, included uh, Pride and Glory, which is uh, Edward Norton and Joaquin Phoenix movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. That was a fair few years back, you know, cop, gritty, crime, New York story. Um, so, you know, he's done a few things, nothing major, but that's a, sort of the first things that I picked up on. It was written by Bill. I'll definitely get his last name right. I'll say it's Bill Dubuque, I think it is. Anyway, he's a writer and he has most recently done 48 episodes of Ozarks or Ozarks. I've watched a few of them. I really like Jason Bateman's thing there. So he's the writer of that and he's done a couple other things, but nothing nothing that tickles my fancy. So anyway, so this movie, The Accountant, um, you know, stars Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick. It's quite a decent list. Uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, John Bethal or Bernthal. Um, who I remember him mostly from Wolf of Wall Street and obviously he's done the Punisher um, series and um, one of the main actresses in there who is um, Mary Beth Medina. She's played by Cynthia Adai Robinson and, of course, John Lithgow plays uh, Lamar Blackburn. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can stop listening to me now because um, I'm going to tell you some things. If you have seen the movie, let's listen. Let's let's have a chat. So obviously, you know, the plot is uh, it's basically a man with an extreme set of skills that you discover throughout the movie. He's also got unique math capabilities and he's the accountant. He uncooks the books for tons and tons of people you find out along the way about that kind of stuff. But he, the plot is that he works for this new client um, and the client wants him to do something, but the client has an unusual secret, standard stuff. And the Treasury, Department of Treasury, is is, uh, is on his tail for numerous reasons, which you'll figure out through the movie as well. And then you just start seeing the bodies counting. Bodies start ticking over, and that's it. So the, the, the thing about this movie that gets me is... Um, Ben Affleck's capabilities as an actor, um, and this is what I look for in movies. Uh, most movies that I watch, I just enjoy for the movies, but when I come across an actor who puts themselves, they invest themselves heavily into a character where they become the character and you don't actually see the person acting. So in other words, I don't really see Ben Affleck in this movie. I see his character, uh, which is... He changes his name, but it's Christian Wolf, and that's who I see. I see Christian Wolf with uh, you know he's ASD. He's a high functioning autism. He's in the spectrum, and so he must. I never really dived into it much to see how he how he learnt and how he you know because I've got some experience with ASD, 
uh, kids and of course there's a lot of eye contact um, they don't really look at you in the eye and there's sensitivities um, a lot of stimming um, a lot of structure there's there's so many things so so complex that for an actor to do it it'd be crazy right I mean to do something of this caliber um, and nature too because it's a sensitive topic for everyone out there that um, is dealing with this so he, he plays it in a way where he gives it his all and therefore transforming into his character rather than just seeing say Ryan Reynolds in every movie that he's in great actor love him hilarious gets better with age and all that kind of stuff but it's just Ryan Reynolds every time you see him you don't really see the character you just see ryan reynolds playing ryan reynolds the way ryan reynolds wants to do it so for me my perspective on this movie is that when ben affleck's doing it i don't see ben affleck so that's a that's a huge prop you know anna kendrick is anna kendrick she i assume in this movie is just that connection to the real world from the asd world for ben affleck so she comes into it she's the one that uncovers some sort of weird thing going on with the with the new client's um, account. So, of course, when someone needs things done, they search, let's just say, the black market of accountants and just so the government's not sus on them. Of course, that's where Ben Affleck's character, Christian Wolf, comes in. So he comes into that and with the company that he chooses, he's got this, in most movies, um, you've always got this second person always helping you out. Um, whether it's the computer guy in the chair saying Spider-Man, he's got his little mate that's in the chair, or Iron Man has Jarvis, or um, there's, there's tons of others. But in this one, he's got a girl. Uh, it's a computerized voice uh, for the movie. Obviously, you'll find out some stuff later if you don't already know. I didn't pick up on it till the end, but it was pretty exciting when I did. I was like, oh, wow, that's what that is. Uh, that's why, yep, so... That was pretty cool for me. So once there was a bit of heat going around, obviously, with a couple of clients. So she didn't really want him to take these extreme accountant um, jobs. So she picked one that was close to the backyard and it was pretty safe through a, a company called Living Robotics, uh, which is um, f run by John Lithgow's character, Lamar Blackburn. And Anna Kendrick works for him as a junior associate. So that's how all the shit unfolds. And then he comes into it, uh, gets brought into the, the whole thing. So already you're thinking, okay, well, they're setting it up, right? This is the do. I mean, I, I didn't really know that things were going to end up the way it did. When I first started watching it, I was just so immersed in the character of Ben Affleck and the flashbacks that they were doing with him as a kid and his ability to get frustrated when things and tasks aren't finished and puzzles aren't connected. And of course, he's got a younger, bro uh, a younger brother in the movie, which is, um, his name's Braxton or Brax, uh, uh, played by John uh, um, Bernthal. <laughs> it's such a strange last name to pronounce from my point, but I will get it right, John Bernthal. So he's obviously a kid and the dad is a military giant psychoanalysis type military um and i guess with my experience with asd sometimes you do just want to throw 
the kids into the world and get them to try and deal with it, right? Because the world is one of those places. But sometimes they just, they don't need that. They need to, you need to alter your structures and your, your wording and the surroundings around them in order to help them um, figure out a way to perceive the world through their eyes, not ours. So it's, it's a hard thing to do. But in this movie, the father, that's all he knows. He's military, he's structured, that's it. Let's give him more, let's give him this. And it was so exciting once you take yourself out of it and just watch it as a movie, you just see them training as young kids, learning all these things because they're kids, the sponges, the kid is strong. It's just, that's it. They're constantly training and training and training and they move around a lot. And obviously that's where we get to a point where um, it just constantly wants to flash back to let you know that they've been here, they've been there, the dad's teaching them lessons about that. So they're, they're taking that into life. And then when they get back to Ben Affleck's character out in the real world, well, he's clearly trying to fit in the real world by doing and hanging around with the most dangerous people. But at the same time, when he goes home, he's very structured and he does everything in threes. He eats everything in threes. Um, the house is very plain, but at night before he goes to bed, he creates chaos in order for himself to deal with it bit by bit, sort of like a slow release thing to train himself or remind himself that this is it. But so back to the dark side of the world, he is obviously in prison, which they will go on later on to explain how that happened. But he is in prison with um, a guy called Francis. I didn't write his name down. Wasn't really something I wanted to do, but he is a black money launderer and he teaches him everything he knows. So that's, that's how we get to the whole accountant thing because it's using those capabilities of math that he loves, he's obsessed with, or not even obsessed, he just, he just understands it all. So once he learns all the black money secrets and stuff like that, that's where he decides to, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, so I'm gonna challenge myself through the rest of my life. So once something happens to him, uh, in in real world when Francis gets released, well, that's it. Um, ben Affleck's character, Christian Wolf, decides I'm going to absorb the black market thing and, and that's the, the road he goes down. So one thing about how they shot this movie and oh, it's, a, it's a huge thing for me. I, I get really excited every time I watch it. At, at, during at the start of the movie, Ben Affleck, as an accountant at ZZZ accounting firm, he meets this elderly couple on a farm who are having troubles and he just shows these classic traits of a uncomfortable, structured um, ASD adult. And there was one thing when he asked, he said, oh, you know, you just, the, the farmer says you've saved us, you know, anything you want, you come out, I've got loads of land you can fish and he's like I don't fish like cuts him off straight away he's like oh okay well he goes I shoot it's like oh I've got plenty of room for that so later on you get to see Ben Affleck setting up uh the three um I guess you could say the rock melons uh with funny faces sad faces whatever on them and he's got this rifle which as I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts um you can go onto the internet movie firearms database to probably find out what it is I'm not going to do that right now because I'm talking to you. But either way, it's sexy as fuck. 
probably a 50 cal, I'm assuming a Remington of some sort. I'm not sure. Who cares? But one thing that's really cool is I, I'm assuming they place cameras, sound, equipment, whatever, all around the area so that when he takes a shot, you're going to see it later on in the movie when he obviously comes across a fight scene, John Wick style with all these people. Um, bad guys come to the house to attack that old couple later on after he shoots the the watermelons and lets you know that he's got some fucking serious skills, right? These, this elderly couple is like, this accountant's like badass. So I'm like, fuck. Well, wouldn't you think he was badass if he had a 50 cal freaking rifle and he's laying down, writing down wind adjustments and God knows what to, to shoot those things. But later on in the movie, when you start to unravel his skills as in fight styles and all that, when the bad guys um, come in and he makes her, the older farmer lady, call out to Christian, you you hear in the foreground or in, in the distance the shot already being taken and then the bullet hits the body, which is the, the coolest thing because it shows like a uh, realism, right, in a movie. That's all we want in movies. We want realism. We don't... We don't want fake shit where nothing adds up. But when you hear in the background a like that and then a bullet straight through the body and blood goes everywhere and then he shoots again, but you, you hear the thunder and then the shot, that means it come from distance, right? So it means that he was easily a mile away or whatever it is. They don't tell you, but you know the sound happened and the bullet travels. You count the seconds. It was a distance and he does it again. So that's that's hugely appealing in movies for me. Realism is everything and I get it. They can't always do it. They did it in Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. There's plenty of realism in that movie, but there's also plenty not. But hey, whatever. Just attempt it if you've got the budget and I'm happy. So obviously <clears throat> once we get to those kind of things, they... They focus on this fighting style between, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but when he's first training, he's in Indonesia somewhere. I looked it up in the locations. It is somewhere in Indonesia. And there's a fighting style. Now, I will pronounce this correctly. It's Pencak Silat. And now I know that because my first podcast I did, I talked about Mile 22. And the fighting style used in Mile 22 and Raid 1 and Raid 2 is this Indonesian style of fighting. So that's pretty cool too because this is an American movie and generally, you know, they could probably, they wouldn't really focus their fighting styles around that, which is which is just great because it's sexy shit, you know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and the way Ben Affleck uses it and John uses it works for me. So I'm, I'm, I was just over the moon at how well this movie was sort of, put together and how simple it was. J.K. Simmons and um, uh, Cynthia, Mary Beth Medina. It seems to me like this movie, the, the basis is that J.K. Simmons, um, Ray King, did something in the past and he's due to retire, so he's trying to rectify it. He's found holes in... Medina's rap sheet but she's super super bright and Ben Affleck's character uh, Christian Wolf is 
also doing some shady shit and they're all illegal. They're all, it's all bad, really. I mean, just because he's treasury and she's a treasury agent and Affleck's a friggin' killing accountant, they're all doing things that you would seem are from a good place, but they've done shitty things to get there, right? So in this movie, it's about doing the math and adding up what's right and wrong, I guess you could say. So for me, when I watch it, I put all those things together and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a clean, crisp storyline going from Ray King and you see it at the start and then Medina and you see her and then they unravel those two and then you see Christian Wolf and his brother and then they unravel those two and then you see Living Robotics and then they unravel that and then you do all the math and put it all together and you get an outcome at the end. That's pretty much how it works for me. So I guess the ones, the things you just don't go past is um, with Christian Wolf and his character, everything's done in threes, right? There's the OCD thing for a lot of ASD kids. Everything's done in threes. Um, you see a lot of it in uh, <laughs> Motherless Brooklyn, which is a Edward Norton movie that was recently released on Netflix. And he's got a form of Tourette's, but he also does, thing in, does things in threes. And in this movie, you've got three eggs on the plate, three bits of bacon, three pancakes. He's got a knife, a fork, and a spoon. That's threes. Um, each There's three plates or so on and so on. It's threes, three, threes. I'm sure there's some sort of scientific issues with that, that they um, not issues, but scientific reason behind that. And the streamlined trailer that he has throughout the movie that you see where he holds all of his stuff so he's ready to move if he needs to if shit hits the fan he's got to run he's got this airstream silver bullet trailer and it's a three-wheel trailer um and he's got several things in each drawers and that so i guess back to being the accountant right uh if he was just keep taking money and money and money the treasurers would be well and truly apprehend he would have apprehended him by now but in this case a lot of the things in that trailer that you see, he's taken as a form of payment, um, which is pretty cool in my eyes because it's easier to move, right? Um, I did do some homework. He's got like six or seven comic books. I don't know much about comics, but one of the comic books is a, a, a number one action comic book from 1938, and uh, it's real. Um, not sure if the actual book in the movie is real, but it's worth just on $4.1 million. So if you're going to do some bad shit, my question is, oh, they don't really go into it, but things like this bug me. When, when, you, when you're doing some work for some shady fucking people, do you really think that shady person's going to have a comic book in their just collection? Oh, thanks for, thanks for uncooking me books there, man. Like, you, you saved me. Oh, what do you want for payment? Oh, my service is about $4.1 million. Well, okay, I've got this comic book. Some of these dudes that he did work for, like some serious gangster shit, like fucking terrorists and stuff like that. And yet they've, you know, anyway, I don't know. They don't really, they don't go into detail. I suppose you not need, you don't need to know, but I just do. It's one of those things that I just notice. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a funny thing. So when you look in that trailer, he's got all that stuff. He's got a Jackson Pollock on the ceiling, which I mean, I've done some research on Jackson Pollock. His paintings are crazy. They're just squiggly lines to me, but obviously worth a, some of them are worth over 100 
hundred odd million just for a painting. So um, yeah, so that that stuff's pretty cool. Um, we'll skip forward a little bit because all the nitty gritties and they introduced um, John Bernthal's character Brax into it, and obviously you know who it is because it's a pretty good resemblance of a younger younger self. So you start seeing how how Ben Affleck's character has gone one way and Brax has gone the other way um, and they're both eventually going to meet. What's really exciting is how they turn that out, that security was hired by John Lithgow's character, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> Shit. Uh, Lamar Blackburn. Uh, and, you know, you could tell just from previous encounters that I think, Ben's, he's always known that it was his brother. I mean, they play it out later on that it was always his brother, but I just, I guess I love how they brought it together because it's standard sibling rivalry, right? I mean, they they, they basically let you know how Ben Affleck ended up in the prison with Francis in the first place, and it was because of a discrepancy between um, the dad uh, attending the mother's funeral of the boys. She ran away a long time ago and, of course, she remarried, had kids, all that bullshit, and they rock up and somehow his dad ends up dead and Ben Affleck puts like six fucking people in hospital and that's it. So because he's military, he gets put into a special military prison. As for Brax, they don't really tell you where he ended up. He just ends up to be this calculated security badass with a team that's just, you know, pretty good, but obviously not against his brother. But... I don't really think he knew it was Ben Affleck that was coming after him. But once Ben Affleck figured out that the money or the books that needed to be uncooked were more in-house than anything, it was um, it was Lamar sort of raining money back into his own business in order to boost the stock market profiles. So, you know, once he figured that out, it was, it was pretty easy, right? And that's when we come into the the old third act thing where you've got a the the usual big house you know huge security um, they know he's coming and and all this kind of stuff because they attempted to to kill um, Anna Kendrick's character uh, Dana and of course Ben Affleck saved her with that and 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 that kind of stuff so that's just standard stuff with these movies they always give you that kind of scenario you know um, guys bad girl finds out the guy's bad um bad guy helps girl girl likes guys so on and so on so but specifically at the end one of the coolest things back to the the weaponry which as i said you can find out the weapons they use and check it out but one of the one of the scenes john uh, his brother Brax is standing there and they're, they're under attack and everyone's getting killed. Of course, Ben Affleck's doing his thing and messing around outside on the perimeter. But when everyone's sneaking to have a bit of a peek outside, um, John says, or Brax says, um, have you ever seen a match-grade ballistic bullet, um, oh, what was it, bullet travel 3,000 feet per second? And you hear the shot from a distance and then the bullet comes through and takes one guy out and he's like, no one does. Like, like weird, like somehow he knew that he'd be out there with a bullet or a gun that carried a bullet that well. It was, it was, it was, weird. It was a weird moment. I loved it because it was, it was pretty cool, but it was a weird thing to say just before your dudes get killed. You could have just yelled out, oi, bullet coming, motherfuckers. No, no, no. 
no, no, he just waits and sees one of his guys get done. And that's when he's kind of like, you know, he knew. But once once he gets inside and kills everyone, some great fight scenes, some grappling, some of this, some of that. I mean, heavy tactical stuff. And, of course, Brax is just watching back on the monitors. And, um, yeah, when Thingo stuffs a grenade inside someone's vest and lays on top of him and bear hugs him until the grenade goes off or a flashbang, whatever it was, either way, Probably would have winded the shit out of me. Maybe it would have knocked me the fuck out. I'll tell you that. But in the movie, it just wins him. And then he sits there and he's stressed heavily. And he uses this um, this nursery rhyme oh, from the 19th century. It's um, the Solomon Gun- uh, Solomon Grundy nursery rhyme. Uh, you know, um, born on a Wednesday, whatever, Christ on Tuesday, all that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming it's like a, it's an OCD thing to calm himself down that his um, dad taught him through his various years of training. And once that happens, that's when Brax is like, holy shit, that's my brother. And now he's like pissed off because he hasn't seen him in ages. And he's like, you know, wants to see how he's doing. He wants his brother's validation of what he's become, you know, because Christian Wolf is this crazy ass accountant who kills everyone. And of course, his younger brother is also very dangerous, but he just wants to, you know, let him know. So he beats the shit out of him. And clearly once... Uh, Ben Affleck has enough. He just sort of lays me out. Blood goes everywhere. It's a great syrup blood moment. Pretty cool. And that's it. So, look, I've gone into a fair bit of detail with this movie, but at the end of the day, it's a super cool movie because if you just remember two things, um, one being always look for a movie where you can turn the actor into the character and you don't even see that person anymore. It makes it a lot easier to digest a lot of storylines when you know and it's going to be different for everyone it's not it's not just because i say that's how i noticed it then you know that's it like concussion with will will smith uh, you know i don't really see will smith i see dr Marmalu, you know um famed doctor who discovered the um uh oect i think it is the concussion thing in super bowl i he the, yeah there's an accent difference but he gives everything into it and he doesn't really act like the usual Will Smith. So if you can get that, you get that with Goodwill Hunting, you get that with uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck back then. You don't really see those characters even though they weren't massively popular back then. So that's the that's the first thing and then the second thing is realism. Try and watch a movie and look for the realism. It doesn't matter you if you just want to watch a movie for the sake of watching a movie then just go watch it. But I watch so many movies and I live up to my podcast title. It's chaotic. I, I watch them over and over again or I'll come back to them, but I remember everything and I just want realism so that it just helps the story along a little bit better for the next person. So that's it. Those, those two little rules and obviously the rest is all standard stuff. So I'm sure I missed a shitload of stuff. I am a moron. doesn't really matter. I'm just having a bit of fun with my podcast. So if you're out there, thanks for listening. I will be back for another one. So be good.